Hello and welcome to the Hey Mama podcast. Supporting women to make empowering, soul-centered and heart-driven decisions in motherhood. Going back to basics, changing our stories and trusting ourselves. I'm Emily. And I'm Annabelle. Hey Mama! Welcome to today's episode. Thank you for joining us again as we go through our birth story series. Today we have Megan who is a mama of two. She is in my opinion and just an absolute earth goddess. She lives on a beautiful little farm living a sustainable lifestyle. She had her first baby at the family birth center and had an absolutely incredible incredible birth and actually only arrived at the birth center not long before her baby emerged. So welcome Megan. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yay. Thank you for joining us. So you tell us, um, where does your story start? Oh, my story starts probably in it. So Hume was born in the March. And um, to be honest, my story probably starts in the November. And I didn't know whether to talk about this or not, but it really, like, it's where my story began. My mum was diagnosed quite quickly with... um, sort of went in for surgery one night with what we thought was um, some appendix pain. And when she came out, within a couple of weeks, we realised that she had quite advanced um, cancer. And it was literally within those first few days that Brett and I looked at each other and said, all right, I think it's time to start a family. Um, And it was in those few days that we sort of had made that decision. It's something we'd been talking about for years, obviously, but this decision itself came forward a little bit purely because of what was going on with my mum. So we fell pregnant um, about two months later and unfortunately I did lose that pregnancy um, and Huon was conceived two weeks after that. So the story goes back a little bit more. The way I look at it, I was pregnant for about 12 months um, Mm. with with the previous pregnancy and then with Huon, but it was obviously the way that it needed to unfold. So that's probably the beginning. Um, I had a beautiful pregnancy. Um, my mum being in and out of hospital definitely um, pulled on the emotional cords and, and made it um, probably different to how I had expected to have my pregnancies in my life. But um, looking back on it now, it's yeah, it's obviously been the way it needed to needed to be. So Hugh and himself, Hugh and came decided to start coming into the world a few weeks early, not too early, early enough that I was still um, very much within the guidelines of the birthing centre. But I woke up one morning and it had been quite a full-on previous two weeks. My mum had had a huge surgery and and had been in um, ICU for the two weeks prior, so I'd spent a lot of time in hospital. Um, I'd chosen to have Huon at the birthing centre because the previous pregnancy that I'd had before Huon... um, I was already, I'd already signed up to the birthing centre. I'd already been assigned my midwife. And I think after losing, um, losing a baby and then falling pregnant with Hugh and, and everything going on with my mum, it was actually quite, it just, it seemed quite fitting just to continue with the birthing centre choice. Um, although at times I did consider going over to CMP and having a home birth. I think in the end, um, having my first birth at the birthing centre was exactly what, what Hugh and I needed. Mm. Um, so going back to the morning of Hewan's birth, I woke up 
And like I said, it had been a really hot week. I'd been in and out of hospital every day. The night before, I'd been sitting with my mum and she said, you don't look quite right. I'm like, I'm fine. I've just eaten something weird. She's like, mm, okay. And as she walked out, I think she knew in the back of her head, I think we're having a baby soon. Um, so my mum came out, out of hospital later that day. Um, you know, the next day, like I woke up in the morning and said to Brett, oh, I had a bit of a strange night. Um, I wasn't sleeping very well. I think this baby might be coming today. And he said, really? I said, no, no, I don't think so. Playing with you. <laughs> I was just sitting in bed and about 30 seconds later, I just felt this gush. I was like, whoa, okay, I think this baby's coming. <laughs> and um, it wasn't huge and it wasn't like the big, I've had um, my waters um, break with Tiana in a very different way. Like Hewans was, it was a gush, but I didn't really know what it was. I, I actually thought in the back of my head, oh, my friend Cara told me that you start weaning yourself. I think this is what's happened. Mm-hmm. And so during that morning I kept an eye on it. I didn't say anything to anyone because I felt quite comfortable. It was clear. I felt fine. Um, and I, the surges hadn't started at all yet. So I, we went for a big walk, um, in the bush down near our house and nothing, I wasn't getting any niggles. I wasn't getting any surges and I felt quite, I still felt quite comfortable. So I thought, all right, let's go for a big walk with the dogs. And we walked around at the bush and, um, my legs, my legs in both of my pregnant, both at the very, very end of my pregnancies were quite swollen. So, um, the walking just felt good. And we got home again and nothing much had happened. I don't think I'd even called my doula at this stage. And um, all of a sudden it got to lunchtime and my house was full of people. And being my first pregnancy and labour and my mum still being, my mum had literally come out of um, hospital that morning. So I knew she was at home. I didn't want her to find out that I was in labour because I, I knew that it could take a while. I knew it doesn't necessarily mean the baby was coming today. I wanted to her to have a good sleep. So I didn't want to say anything to anyone and Brett's parents were in the house and I just, I knew I needed a quiet like headspace to get this moving. And so I said to Brett, um, can we just, I just need to go down the beach. Let's just, um, let's just get in the car and go down the beach. It was about lunchtime. So we jumped in and I think I left like four or five people having lunch in my house, which is not abnormal for our home. If anyone's been to the farm, it's mm-hmm. full of people. And um, so we went down the beach and I literally, I think, within the, the first length of the dog beach, I started to feel surges coming through. And I felt really excited because I was like, yes, you know, maybe, maybe the baby's coming tonight. So by the time we got home, it was, um, I guess, like about 3 o'clock. I think we picked some fruit up on the way home and Brett, when we got home, was making some juices and some smoothies and getting things sort of prepared, I guess is the best word. And um, I don't think I'd even called, I don't think I'd called anyone. I'm just trying to think back in my head. Um, and it got to about sunset because where we live, um, we live on one side of the property uh, with veggie gardens in our home and on the other side is the tree farm, so there's staff there. And I sort of knew that once they started leaving, things might happen because it meant that I had the farm, I had the whole property to myself. I could do what I needed to do. And it was, it was literally on sunset. I started, the surges started coming really regularly. Um, and... As the sunset, it was my, it's my favourite time of day here and it's my safe time. It's, it's, it's when I feel really good. And, yeah, it just all began. Um, that whole night, I, Brett went to bed at about 10 o'clock um, and things were starting to really move on and I had um, candles on in the house. I had um, a mat out on the floor and I had pillows, like, up on my, my couch. Um, the moon streaming in through a, a huge window that we've got there. And, um, yeah, I just, 
I don't know. I when I think about it, like it's very different to Tiana because I was by myself through this whole evening. I don't think I woke Brett up until about three o'clock when things started to go. I think I asked him to call Helena then. Um, I called Helena a few times, my doula, during the night um, and just spoke with her and that was really good to touch base with her um, when I needed to, but I still felt really comfortable and wanted my own space. So I just moved around the house, like used some breathing techniques that I'd, I'd learned from her or just yeah, felt like doing. Um, stretch, I was going to the toilet a lot, so I knew things were definitely happening quickly. Um and then it got to about, I woke Brett up at about two or three and he sat with me for a while. And then at five or six o'clock, everything just stopped. I was like, what's going on? It was about half an hour and Brett had called my doula by this stage. And as she arrived, as the sun came up, it stopped. And I was getting quite, I wasn't, I wasn't overly upset, but I was tearing up. I was like, what, what's going on? Because at the back of my mind, I knew that I'd been losing water. Um, I didn't know, I guess I... I didn't really bother me. I didn't know whether my waters had officially like broken or um, it was just leaking out. But I sort of knew at the back of my head that that meant something. But I and didn't can want. Can I just jump in and ask? Yeah. Had you had the GBS swab? No. So you yeah. then knew that as well with the stipulations yeah. at the birthing centre that they only allow eighteen hours. Is that correct? Yeah, is it eighteen or twenty-four? I knew that it wasn't as big as what I wanted. Yeah, yeah, I think I you haven't had the test, yeah. it's 18. Because when I, I think the birthing centre and CMP have the same guidelines. So I know for me in my first birth, it was 18 hours and that was something that was in the back of my mind because, I mean, I'm not um, advocating for anyone to do this. You make your own decisions yeah. based on how you feel. But um, I chose to not let any of my birthing team uh, know that my waters had broken until yeah. – much later, I think I'd kind of added an extra good few hours um, because I didn't want that to be a factor, which it did end up being a factor in the end because yeah. I did go past that time limit even though I had added a little bit of time on for myself. So, yeah, I think it's important to just state that because, um, you know, it it is one of their guidelines and it's there for a reason. But also, you know, a lot of the time a woman knows when, something mm. isn't right and yeah. I think it's up to each individual woman to decide um you know have her own autonomy in in the decision that she's making yeah it's, it's interesting because with Hugh and I kept it to myself with Tiana it felt different and I remember actually showing my midwife um yeah. and telling her and I guess I don't know that was just a um yeah just a feeling that I had and, I mean they both both worked out in, in similar circumstances they both came when they needed to come um and Hewan at the birthing centre and Tiana at home. But, yeah, it was definitely different and I just tried to really sit with how I was feeling in making that decision. So, yeah, I um, to continue on, yeah, so I knew that my I, I called Helena and she rocked up just as the sun was, was coming up and I said, oh, I'm going to jump in the shower. And I jumped in the shower. I wasn't, um, I think I was wearing a pad. I don't think there was much. There, there definitely wasn't a lot coming out. Oh, earlier in the night, that's right. Earlier in the night, I was at about midnight. I was on my birthing ball, the fit ball, and I did, I got, I got a lot more water coming out. And for the life of me, like when I consider the difference with Tiana's birth, like after my water's completely broke in exactly the same spot in our house. So, if you and Tiana, 
what is both broke in the same spot in our house, one on a rug mm. and one on the floorboards. Um, I, the difference was I just, like, it didn't really change my birth. That, it didn't really change the surges or anything that much. So maybe that's what had changed because in Tiana's situation, I think I called the midwife within what well, I didn't, um, Cara and Brett called back or um, Helena called her, but her quite away because it went from really cruisy to really intense very quickly. Um, whereas with you and it didn't make a, di- it didn't really make that much difference. So I guess in myself, I just felt comfortable continuing on with it. Yeah. Um, and I very much wanted to do a lot of my labor at home. Um, I definitely had concerns about the drive to the birthing center, which in our situation was in peak traffic up to an hour away. So, um, yeah, I guess I just knew I wanted to stay at home because I knew that that space would change really quickly once I arrived there. Even though the birthing centre is beautiful, I'm definitely the sort of person that likes my own space. I like soft light. I like soft, like, I like softness. And the, the diff, like the, the hospital, even though a birthing room environment for me, um, I knew that would change things. Like I think I had a whole suitcase packed full of like doona covers and rugs and things to like cover the place when I got there. Um, I didn't have time, but yeah, I knew, basically I knew I wanted to be in my own space. So I stayed here. And so at this stage, things have been going for about 12 hours. Um, and I was having surges every, every five minutes or less. Um, and they were quite strong. They were leading up to a minute. So, um, a minute at a time. And, but I was quite, I was very comfortably breathing through them in a way that I was just, just riding them. Like that was strong, but um, I felt like I had the energy and I knew it meant that my baby was coming, so I was quite comfortable with that. Once I had jumped in the shower, I came back out and I was a little teary because I knew that this meant that things could sort of go on during the day. I could hear the staff starting to arrive, even though the, the staff are arriving, like, you know, a couple of houses over, it still just felt different. And um, Helena, my doula, did a deep meditation with me and a bit of rebozo on the bed because we felt that um, the baby was in a bit of a, wasn't in, in the position that um, was just in a little bit of a funny position. So we did some rebozo and a deep meditation and within 20 minutes things were back on, back, things were getting really strong again. Um, in that time, Brett went outside. My brother and sister-in-law were, had a wedding at our, at our home um, in a few weeks' time and they were in the garden and Brett said to them, I think you should come over and just like see Megan. I think she needs to get back in her headspace. And I'd said that that was okay. So they were coming over and I could see them out the back. And I remember leaning on my um, my sink outside because we have an outdoor bathroom and, and toilet. And I just, all of a sudden this noise came up from me and I could see Alicia and Rick's face like, are you sure, Brett? And I think Brett <laughs> saw in that moment. He's like, oh, no, no, I think you should go back to gardening now. And he came over to me like, okay, I'm like, yeah, I think it's time to jump in the car. And he got inside and he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think we should get going now. And um, things were just really starting to change. I was in, like, looking back at it now, I was just in, I was in complete transition. And Helena and um, Brett got me in the car and I ended up having the, um, the TENS machine on in the car because things were really moving from that front to the back like, and pushing down through my bottom pain. Um, 
And I thought, I jumped in the car, got on the way, and I was like, I think it's time to call my mum now. I should probably let her know things are starting up. And I called my mum. She'd just arrived home from hospital after this massive surgery. Um, and I said, oh, mum, I'm just letting you know I'm on the way to the birthing And, like, you could hear my voice. <laughs> She's like, oh, what a conversation with her. I really need to do a puma. <laughs> you're literally talking to her while you're in transition. I, I can't believe that. <laughs> and so I was like, I really should let her know that things are happening. And so she's talking to me the whole way, like down to the main road. And at the end, I'm like, oh, mum, I think I need to go. She's like, oh, Megan. She's like, things get really intense. It could be quite a while from now. I'm like, yeah, I know, mum. Like, I know. And then I hung up on the phone to her and Helena could see me the whole way to the birthing centre. She's like, oh, my, in her voice, I can't do her accent. But, you know, she's like, oh, my gosh, things are changing so fast. I think we got into Subiaco, like a bit down the road. And I was just, yeah, now think of that. I think of that car ride now and it was pretty intense. But I arrived there and Amanda, my midwife, I had an appointment there that morning anyway. So I'd actually... Um, called, I think Brett had called my midwife, Amanda, um, at about at 9 o'clock or ten, just before we'd left and said, we're coming in, but it's not for the appointment. Um, I think we're having a baby. And so when I got there, they didn't, I guess I hadn't spoken to Amanda much during the night. So she sort of said, okay, oh, this is really great. You're doing really well. I'm like, no, I need to get inside. I need to sit in the toilet. <laughs> and so they were trying to get everything ready and, um, Amanda said, I'll see if I can get the the, bar, the pool ready. I'm like, oh, I think in the, by this stage I didn't really, I, I didn't care if there was a pool. I didn't really care what there was. I just wanted my own sort of breathing space. So I went and sat on the toilet thinking I needed to do a poo, which was obviously just the baby. And I came back out and I said, looked at Amanda. I was like, I, I think I really need you to check me because we'd spoken about not having any internals. And I just looked at her I'm like, I think I need to know how long I'm going to be doing this for. And she tried to... Um, to check to see how dilated I was a few times. And we just, the surges by that stage were so close together that I think at one stage she nearly, she tried to do it. She's like, no, nah, this is it. I think you're 10 centimetres now. You're going to feel the baby's head. I think we're ready to go. Um, <laughs> and I was on the bed. Brett was parking the car. So I was like, where is Brett? As I remember, <laughs> I was laying sideways and I could feel Hewan's head like starting to really start to push through. And I was like, where's Brett? And someone said, he's coming, he's coming. And, you know, here's me with my bags full of, um, you know, full of blankets and um, yeah. candles and the diffuser and it all stayed in the bag. Like nothing yeah. came out. It was me. Like I eventually said, I think I said, I do not want to be on this bed. So they got me a, um, a mattress on the floor. Um, yeah, and then looking at the video now, I think Hewan arrived within – and yeah, within 25 minutes after that point. Um, so just the midwives are amazing. My, my midwife, Amanda, there, she was so, like even just watching the video, because Helena, by that stage, I was quite comfortable just with Brett. So Helena, my doula, was taking photos and, and video majority of the time um, and just checking in. I think she eventually got the music on. And I had, um, I said that I was happy to have a trainee midwife there and also somebody that was learning, who was moving from the hospital to the birthing centre. So there was actually three of them in the room. Um, but they just sat to the back. They were just, I don't think I even noticed until I saw the video that they were even there, even though I said that they could be. Um, and one of the midwives had never seen a natural birth before. So she'd never, seen, oh. she'd never seen a woman give birth out of, yeah, out of, it was just amazing. She'd seen a lot of hospital births and quite a few cesareans, but she'd never actually seen somebody without, like come in and have a baby unmedicated. Yeah, so it was for her afterwards talking to her, that was pretty amazing.
Um, so, yeah, so like I said, I arrived at the birthing centre. They were amazing. My midwife was incredible. Um, we had such a great life. This, the whole pregnancy was amazing. She, I was moving around a lot. Um, she sort of just left me to my own devices. And when I look back at the video and, and what I can remember, I was just leaning on bread a lot and yeah, just I can't believe how much from the photos I was actually kissing him in the moment. I was like, what? I want to do that. But, um, yeah, I just, like, held on to him. He's quite a big guy. And um, I was doing lots of squatting positions. And I remember the first time Huyen came out, I was on my back pushing, like, because that position I didn't want to be. And I just could feel with the neck surge. I was like, move. Like, I could feel my back of my head was just saying, like, roll over or move. And I'd move position. And when Rewatching the video last night, because Hewan's three and a half. Um, my son is three and a half now. So going back, it's a little while ago and having another birth in between, I just sort of needed to re-remember exactly where it was. But, yeah, I, I just love that the midwives really didn't do anything, like, other than I could, I could see Amanda sort of checking um, where, like, his heartbeat maybe once or twice, but they really just let me let me do what my body needed to do. They could see that I was this was happening. Um. So, yeah, not long after Hewan's head, um, I was on all fours and I could feel his head coming through and I put my hand down and his head came out um, and his head just sat there for quite a long time and Brett said that he wishes he could tell every guy this, that the head comes out and it doesn't, it looks very blue. <laughs> and Brett just remembers he didn't think anything about this and he's just looking at that head he was so worried and you can see it in his face. I think he thought something was wrong. Um, but at the same time, he said, I could feel everybody in the room being really calm about it. So he said he could also feel that that was completely okay. But he said he was a little bit worried about what was happening then. And then with the next big surge, um, I, I had my hand on my bed and my hand on Brett. So Brett and the midwife both had their hands down and Hewan did just sort of come straight out in the next, in the next um, surge. So Amanda did catch Hewan. Um, before he, he came out on the floor and then passed Brett and her passed him up through my legs to me. And, yeah, it was just like re-watching that video. Um, it's just um, I think the first thing I said, because you and funnily enough asked me earlier in the week, he just said to me one day, Mum, what was the first thing you said to me? And I said, oh, I don't know, babe, let's have a look. And we went back and we watched a little video and it was, um, oh, my God, that was so surreal. <laughs> Sorry. I think I was just so surprised that it all happened and it happened so quickly. I was so prepared for like a long, longer labour once I arrived at the birthing centre. I think, to be honest, I was in a little bit of shock that it had all just happened and my baby was there. Um, and then I, Brett told me that he was a boy and I, I straight away we'd spoken about names. And I just said, oh, Huey, Brett's got a little surfing buddy now. Um, and, yeah, I think after being through quite a bit with my mum in that previous 12 months, just to have like Hugh and there and safe and... And, and with me, I was just, I was elate. I was on such a high for days after Hewan's birth. Um, just knowing, knowing, I knew that my body could do it, but to have the reality that my body had done that was just, I just felt like I could do anything. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, I can't explain that feeling to anyone else. I've been talking to a few people with their second births and I didn't have that with, with Tiana so much, but with Hewan, um, yeah, I just had this feeling. I was just on an absolute high for days. Um, and yeah, I'm jumping around a bit, but, um, after Hewan was born, um, they just sort of, Brett and I were just, I sort of laid on the floor for a while. I had pillows all up around me. I decided not to, 
I wanted delayed cord clamping. So I think it was about half an hour, 45 minutes later, um, I birthed the placenta and then we cut the cord. I decided not to have the, um, the injection to help the placenta come out. So at a certain time, Amanda came to me. She said, I just need you to give a few um, pushes, see if we can get this placenta out. And human's placenta came out quite easily with one big push. Um, and I had decided to have human's placenta um, encapsulated um, by my doula. So I sort of went, that's, that's what happened with that. The midwives there go through and have a really beautiful look at your placenta and you can have a close look at everything, which I really, that was, that was great. And then... Um, yeah, we just stayed with Hugh and I did need a few. And when I look at the video now, Hugh and came, he, he sort of, it was a slow lead up, but he came quick and fast. And um, so I did need a few stitches, but I was able to stay at the birthing centre for that. Um, and we were just about to go home at about five o'clock, possibly, five, six o'clock. And um, I had had Reese, I was, um, had Reese's negative, I need, I, during the pregnancy. Um, and Hewan's blood results had come back that he'd had quite elevated um, bilirubin levels. So Brett and I were sort of encouraged to stay in the hospital for an. I was encouraged to stay with Hewan in the hospital for the night. Um, and at that point, I, I sort of I think I was a little bit disappointed, but then also thought, all right, well, this means Brett can go home and have a sleep. Um, I think being my first pregnancy, in hindsight, it was I, I had beautiful nurses um, that night, and it sort of probably ended up working working well for us. I remember laying in bed after Brett left, so we got transferred up to the hospital quite late. Like I'd had you in at at lunchtime, and we went up to the hospital at about six or seven at night when we were going to be sent home anyway. And it was, oh, the other thing, it was a really hot day. It had been like forty degrees for four weeks. I knew our house was going to be so hot. And so I think that was playing on my mind too. I thought, all right, well, this, we, you know, we can be in the cool and then in the morning we'll, we'll head home. Um, my dad was sorting out some air conditioning in the house for us because it was just this strange, and March could be hot, but we'd had cool weather. It had been a big heat wave. And um, so I went up there and Brett finally left, I think at like one o'clock in the morning to go home and have a sleep. And I could see this lady standing in the doorway at my hospital bed. I was like... I just sort of looked in this silhouette and I said her name, who I, I hadn't seen this person since primary school. And she ended up being a primary school friend that was a paediatrician there. And um, we hadn't seen each other for, oh, it would have been like at least 10 years or longer. And she ended up being the paediatrician for Hewan for the next like 12 hours. And she was just lovely. So she was very, very cruisy and didn't like completely um, helped with any anxiety I had about being in the hospital with my newborn baby. So I think it sort of ended up in the end, it was it was perfect. And when, we, when I got wheeled up there from the birthing centre, you get wheeled up in a wheelchair and my mum had arrived and she was obviously in a wheelchair too. So she, we both got wheeled up from the birthing centre up to the hospital in wheelchairs next to each other. So <laughs> um, that was really, it was, it was lovely to see my mum um, finally holding Hewan in her arms. It was something that she'd been wanting for you know I'd been wanting but my mum my mum knew how special you know you can't explain I don't think until I had children I realized the love that my parents have for me and we lost my my brother passed away in 2007 so I've sort of watched my parents lose a lose a child at 17 and so to hold my like my son in my arms with my mum there um was just it's just something I never 
I, I'd, I'd never quite understood the emotion of having a child until I held Hewitt and really, I just really understood what was going on for my parents all those years ago. So, yeah, that was really special to feel and watch. Yeah. Yeah. So we stayed in the hospital for that night and then Hewitt, Brett came up and, like, by later that day we came home and um, we had a really quiet few days at home. I'd sort of limited who was coming in for the next few weeks. Um, my mum had just recovered from huge, like, huge surgery. Um, so I think her, her recovery was, was a lot, um, was had a lot more needed than mine. So we just, both of us just laid on the couch in the bed opposite our, our beautiful window that looks out onto grass and trees for the next few weeks, recovering, holding and looking after this beautiful little baby. Um, so he was the best medicine for, for my mum and also the best medicine for my family after, after um, yeah, having not the best news for the last, last like, year or so before that. So, yeah, Hewan is, is and was and is very loved and, yeah, he's, he's just the most amazing kid now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What a beautiful story. Yeah. And I just love how, yeah, the divine timing of it all for your family and, and what that all kind of meant to everybody is so yeah. special. Yeah, and it is. Like if I think I had, if I've called the baby that we lost, I called her Rain. And um, if Rain had come, she would have been obviously born a few months beforehand and it just wouldn't, you know, the timing like with my mum just going in to have that surgery and um, everything that would happen, it just wouldn't. It just, yeah, Hewan just came when he needed to come. And I don't know, maybe rain will come one day. I'm not sure, but I don't feel yeah. like she's here yet. Um, but, yeah, both of them, you know, taught me what it means to to know to know of having a family and now to have a family. So they're both so special to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was so beautiful <laughs> to listen to. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, Megan, I've known you for now like three and a half years pretty much. Yeah. And um, yeah. it's like we have like little snippets of these conversations, but it's so nice just to hear the whole story like uninterrupted yeah. without our children around. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice. I, know, to that. I, was, I was listening to Jessamy's story the other day and I thought, oh, my gosh, I've known Jessamy since we were like 12. And I thought I've never heard that. St-. You know, she's um, and Elma's the same age as um as my daughter, Tiana, then only two months apart. But, yeah, to actually hear that story from start to finish, I think that's what's so beautiful about this podcast and I love that the both of you are putting these stories together because it is so nice that yeah, obviously it's going out to people that don't know us but it's also they're coming from a community of women who know each other and are able to share mm-hmm. these stories in such a, a safe space with no interruptions and I think that that's so important as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. I just, I, for one, I'm about five minutes away from the birth center and that was <laughs> far enough in the car. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing yeah. it again. So you went. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I didn't do that again. Your... I had a home birth the next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that would be yeah. my plan too. And it's just five minutes. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. No, it's a truly beautiful story. I cry. Yeah all of them because they're just you just I don't know I can just feel myself in them I feel the emotion I know you know when you've had a child you know the love um yeah it's incredible and 
yeah thank you so much for sharing with us you're welcome thank you very much thanks for listening and thanks for sharing all these all these stories with all these beautiful mamas and their partners i'm sure yeah you're welcome well before you could you um just give any mama who is thinking of a family birth center birth um what advice would you give her Um, I have, oh, there's been, I'm just trying to think. I've, I, I do. I, oh, there's so many women in my life that come to me um, from, a di- from, I guess, a, a bit of a different background. I guess the way that Brett and I live, um, I, I often have friends that aren't necessarily on the same, um, maybe don't live their life in the same way and come to me asking, especially when it comes to birthing, um, birthing questions because they know that I, Brett and I have, have been quite intentional in the way that we've done things um, and I guess and they know that we do things naturally and all I say to my mum, look, I don't, I'm not advocating, I'm not going to tell you what to do because it's your birth and you need to come to your own decisions in your own time but if you have the time, I think you should like just ring up and walk through the birthing centre and I've had so many friends that I, I assumed would maybe prefer a hospital birth or didn't actually even know their birthing options and just from that tour alone just feeling the difference of a more homely environment and the support from continued care from a midwife um and just the options that you have is just such a gentler approach and I think when you're sitting on the fence between oh do I want a hospital birth or I'm not really sure I think the birthing center gives you as a first birth when you might have some more questions or you might not you might not necessarily know. I mean, I'd been and I'd been at births with friends in hospitals before, so I sort of knew what the hospital. I'd been to births in hospitals. Um, I'd been at births with friends at home before, um, and I knew for me in that moment that the birthing centre was a good mix for both. But I still went in um, very informed, um, very empowered with knowledge. I'd done a lot of reading. Um, I knew the answers to a lot of questions before the midwife had asked me. And that's just the sort of person I am. I, I like research and I like looking into things. So all I'd say is go and check it out, but then also do some research and do some reading and talk to people about what sort of things are going to come up because obviously I had a birth at the birthing centre and I was very open that my baby would be born when they needed to be born. Um, if I, But at the same time, I wanted that outcome to be the most natural as possible, I was open to needing to go to the hospital but I, and I wouldn't have been disappointed had that happened. But when I look at the way that it unfolds now, I think it was that mix. It was that play of the understanding that I have of what could happen and what I wanted um, to, and what I would have liked to have happened from that birth um, happened at the birthing centre, obviously because Hugh needed to be there. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is be open to... Um, be open to the fact that we where we have the opportunity to birth in a couple of different ways in Perth, maybe not in all the ways that we would like. Um, but the birthing centre is a really good option if you're just not quite sure if you want the hospital. You're not quite you're not quite ready for a home birth. It's a really good middle ground, and you have amazing mm-hmm. support. There. Yeah, yeah, totally. Definitely. Yeah, so yeah. well said. Oh, so, yeah, I don't know if that's advice or a story, but I guess take from it what you need. No. <laughs> I think you're right it is it is kind of that balance where um for someone who yeah not ready for a home birth not quite sure about a hospital birth it it does in the middle ground and and I think you know like you Megan a lot of women do that for their first birth and then they're like okay I'm ready for the home birth now yeah you know so Mm. yeah 
yeah. yeah okay well thank you again i hope you guys both enjoy the rest of your day and we'll see yeah. you all right thank you see ya. bye bye listening to the hey mama podcast if you're enjoying the show please share it with friends and follow our social media pages to keep up to date with the latest episodes we hope you're having a beautiful day mama